0: This podcast is brought to you by CEW Plus at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor as we work to serve our community during this unprecedented time of change. Resiliency is best demonstrated in times of challenges. Join CEW Plus Director Tiffany Mara as she talks to students, staff, faculty, and community members connected to the University of Michigan's Center for the Education of Women Plus in our podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change.
1: Thank you for joining me on this call today to share your experiences related to COVID 19. The purpose of this project is to capture stories of how the coronavirus has impacted all of our lives, including challenges, moments of pride, and strategies for others to learn from. The main audience for this podcast will be students who have child or elder care responsibilities, so they can hear stories of others to assist as they navigate self care and the care of loved ones. Could you please introduce yourself and then describe what your old normal looked like and how that has shifted as a result of COVID 19?
2: Sure. So, my name is Ronnie Rios. I am a third-year PhD student in higher education. Well, I just finished my third year. And I am currently in Ann Arbor, Michigan, but I am from Chicago, born and raised, and came back to Ann Arbor to finish this semester after going home to make sure that my parents were set up for quarantine. How my life has shifted so much. (laughs) And as COVID started to unfold. I went home for about a week and a half to make sure that my parents were stocked up with supplies and groceries and sort of ready to be able to quarantine. And so between my sister and me, and my sister is a child therapist, so she was also having to sort of close out with all of her clients and prep her clients for quarantine, and so Most of the responsibility felt on me to make sure that my parents were ready. And we were especially concerned because of my dad's health conditions and because both of my parents are older. And so in terms of routine, I mean, it essentially kind of went out the window. So before COVID, I was on a pretty regular schedule up at 6 a.m., got my day started with workouts, with breakfast and all of that, and either went to class or went to campus to do work and, you know, meet with friends, have lunch together, work together, and sort of the typical PhD student life. So for conferences, but of course, since COVID, all of that changed. So the school closed down. We had temporary access to our offices as PhD students until the governor's order to shelter in place Um, went into effect. And then we were, we also had to then work from home only. And so that's completely changed everything because being a PhD student can be pretty lonely because you work on your own a lot. But my cohort and our program is pretty good about, like all of us in it work together. Um, And so we might be doing our own independent work, but two or three of us are together at a time, Um, whether that be in the library or in our offices or somewhere on campus or at a coffee shop. And obviously that's all completely changed now. So one of our professors actually started to host online co-working sessions, which made a huge difference to be able to get some work done and to see people and my responsibilities in terms of home shifted a lot because one, there was the management of my dad's retirement process and there isn't anyone in our family who's ever sort of retired with benefits, which is a huge privilege for us, but it was it's having to figure out how to navigate social security and Medicare and how to do that when all of these government offices are shut down, figuring out their finances, how If they were going to be financially stable with both of my parents now coming or forced into retirement, the financial responsibility that then had to sort of shift onto my sister and me. And and so all of that means that there's just so much more financial stress in trying to make sure that not only I have everything that I need, but that my family does having groceries delivered. Can be pricey, right? But my parents are at risk, and they can't—they can't go they can't out. Medication—it's essentially having to shift everything for them online. My parents are still—we're still used to like going to the bank to make pay their bills mm-hmm. or going to get a money order to send a check, and so having to transition all of that online for them—it was sort of a full-time job for a good five weeks figuring all of that out for them right because they're also not they're not tech people my mom has her smartphone and that's sort of the extent of their access to to technology that's also why i had to come back because the wi-fi at home isn't great and then i knew that i was going to have to finish coursework plus you know do everything remotely on my own for for school so it made more sense for me to come back so i'm sort of all over the place but that's sort of how life has felt navigating between making sure my parents are sort of stable and set up for, for the foreseeable future with all of this and then me trying to figure out how to finish my coursework. So I'm in my th- third year in our last year of coursework in our program and then we move on to our dissertation proposal and all of that. So it's been a whirlwind. Like I said, it feels like routine is somewhat out the window I try and work between four and six hours a day and break it up with a walk every day. Um, I'm trying to work out at least three times a week, doing things like cooking, taking breaks to talk to friends, either on the phone or, you know, these video calls. And now that classes are over, it's gonna be a whole nother (laughs) team to try and establish, right, without Mm -hmm. having to be online at a certain time. And so it's just sort of recreating, figuring out how to recreate a schedule and program with my friends and my classmates to try and set up co-working time to keep each other accountable.
1: So just in listening to all that you've been through, it sounds like you've really found this strength for your parents and for your sister in trying to navigate systems you've never had to navigate before, remotely (laughs) and online in addition to all of the other transitional worries that the rest of us are facing, that's pretty amazing that you managed to accomplish all of that, setting up Social Security, all of the health needs, the prescription delivery, grocery delivery. Like, you've accomplished quite a bit, and I hope you recognize that. That's quite amazing, and that you've done it, you know, while working on your dissertation and keeping your own academic progress intact. I and mean, it's just, to well, hear it fine. is really quite something. You know, some people, when they when they see a challenge. They often have times even engaging with it. You know, and this time it sounds like it was a crisis. What strategies did you use to try and figure out these very nebulous systems that are difficult to navigate in the greatest of times, but now you have the lack of resources of being able to call and get a response, being able to go into an office? Like how did you navigate that system? It was a lot
2: of time and work. There were so many days where between my sister, my mom, and me, we were all on the phone with different agencies and then communicating online too and like having second calls. It was just really kind of trial and error. I think people who, the like family that we didn't know that maybe were supposed to carry what that was like. So a couple of my friends from high school that I'm so close with, they have parents who are older and who had retired earlier and some of them were able to offer me some direction. It really was just kind of trial and error and figuring it out. <laughs> a lot of online searching and a lot of waiting for on the phone for hours only to be told, oh, you need to contact this area <laughs> to be able to do that or to find that information. We don't do that, you know, in this department. It just that became sort of my full time job. School kind of came became an afterthought for a while. Um, until finals picked up on me and then it was like, okay, I've gotta refocus to at least get this done. But it was it was just a lot of trial and error.
1: Sounds like a lot of creativity and persistence as well, patience getting through the network and system. What would you say has been your greatest challenge?
2: Figuring out how to do all of that and still do what I need to do for myself, right? So I know that working out is a huge stress relief for me. So figuring out the timing to do that. And then also, like, really making a concerted effort to focus because I know that ultimately me finishing my degree means my family's going to be better off right? I'll be better off and my family. And so knowing that I have to get this done, I don't really have the option to not get it done. So trying to stay focused has been a huge challenge, but it's also what I've been working on the most. Sleep has kind of gone by the wayside. And I'm one of those people that without eight hours of sleep, I don't function the greatest, but it's just sort of readjusting and Coming up with new ways to manage and work through some tired, but then also making sure that I'm like giving myself grace and breaks. And if things take longer, things take longer. But yeah, just I guess trying to focus has been the biggest challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're balancing this recognition that getting your degree is absolutely critical to your family's well being. And at the same time, trying to balance your own self-care, which is like a very serious, you know, teeter-totter to be on. What of the strategies that you've used to reduce stress have you felt have been the most successful as far as keeping a routine with it and really helping you find sleep as you've needed it?
2: So going out for a walk every day is like a must. (laughs) And I've never, my friends would laugh because I'm not a big like nature person, but being outside and reconnecting with nature and listening to birds chirp and being in the sun has made a huge difference for me. It's It's been harder on the days where the weather hasn't been great, but even then I tried to get myself out for that 20 minutes just to get fresh air, even if it was raining. That's been really necessary for me. And then letting myself take naps, right? So my my sleep schedule is completely off. Well, sleep when I need to, um, right? So if I'm working and all of a sudden I'm running out of steam, well, then I take a break. And if that means a 10-minute nap or a 30-minute nap or whatever it is, it's just sort of letting myself, letting my body sort of determine what I can do or what I'm doing. I would say those were the two, those are the two things
1: that have helped me them. Most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great suggestions. I found um, walking outside, even though it's the same people I've seen, you know, for 16 years living in the same place, <laughs> that just seeing them is so meaningful. Because even if we're 10 <laughs> feet apart, and we're just waving, and everyone's really awkward about yeah. it, it's so nice to just see other faces and to get a friendly greeting from people. It's, you know, it's become one of my family's highlights as well as just walking around the neighborhood.
2: So my like, classmates and I have met to so like social distance walk together, and that's been really nice. So just finding ways to within sort of guidelines that we see each other has been really nice, too.
1: Yeah, I love that socially distance. So does that mean six feet apart, <laughs> walking near each other within a hearing distance? Right. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. It's been, you know, a challenging time. You know, if you were to name one positive thing that has surfaced from all of this, what would that be?
2: I've been forced to identify, right? And to like carve out intentional time to reconnect with people. And in some ways, it's sad that it took something like this for that to happen. But now I have standing calls either weekly or every two weeks with groups of friends. Whether that be a phone call or a video call, or some of us are working out together, some of us are like doing dance parties together, following DJs on Instagram, but being very intentional about that, that's been amazing. And that all of us have sort of made concerted efforts to carve out that time to reconnect with one another, I would say is
1: sort of the greatest thing that's come out of this. Mm -hmm. Do you think this will continue beyond COVID? I hope so. <laughs> I
2: think I think so. I think this is forcing us to realize how much we need connection and how much we need, like, interaction with people. And granted, a lot of us make time to actually visit each other physically, right? But knowing that when we don't have the time or the means or whatever to physically see each other, that there's still ways where we can connect with one another. So I'm hoping we'll keep that sort of front and center.
1: Now, I've heard lots of things that I'm proud of, of you having accomplished, but what would you identify as what you're most proud of having accomplished as you've navigated, you know, all these changes?
2: So one of my really good friends here, Gawu, gave me a uh, gratitude journal for as a Christmas gift and using that every day and sort of making time to reflect every day on one at least one thing that i'm grateful for in the day has has been really grounding um and really helpful and so trying to find that in the middle of all of this
1: is something i'm pretty proud of. Mhm. Among all the accomplishments you've made that's it's very <laughs> telling about who you are which is amazing. I'm trying to end on uh, two kind of fun notes. So one is, if you can name one TV show, movie, podcast, book, YouTube video, or other content you'd recommend to others, what would that be? And then the second one is, do you have something inspirational or a quote to share with others who might be listening to the podcast?
2: Oh my gosh, there are so many TV shows, movies (laughs) that have been helpful. Um, I've been listening a lot to, I'm someone who does a lot of like social justice and racial equity oriented work and that's what I've done my whole life or my whole professional career and so I've been listening to the code switch podcast a lot for I mean for a number of years but I've made it an, a point to listen to every new episode recently and that's really helpful for me to know how our most vulnerable communities and our minoritized communities are sort of finding strength and power in a lot of what's going on in the world. So the Code Switch podcast has has been great. And let's see, a quote. Oh, my gosh. There's, so there's this um, porch front pantry in Ipsy that has emerged since COVID started. And there's this sort of, there's this concept of mutual aid. This organization says all of the time that we've got each other, right? So we as community have each other to take care of, to watch out for each other, to be with each other, right? And if we don't do it, who will? And so I would say we've got each other. It's sort of what's helping me move through all of this.
1: Mm -hmm. That's great. I live in Ipsy and I love that project. It's one of my favorite parts about Ipsy is... Just the sense of community in the neighborhoods and when you go downtown and Depot Town, you know, it's not as fancy as other places and neighboring communities, but it certainly feels a lot more homey to me anyhow. And people just feel so much more welcoming. So thank you for sharing that resource. Ronnie, how did you learn about this podcast and decide to be interviewed?
2: So I'm on the list host for CW and it's been an amazing resource for me since I've been here and one of the spaces where I have felt community. And I was thinking about what all of this means for people and how privileged we are in some ways as graduate students, right, to be able to continue our education. Some of us who are funded, right, still get our funding in the middle of all of this madness. And so I felt the need to talk about how we can work through this because it's possible even though it feels really heavy a lot of the time. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm so glad that you found community at CEW. That's one of my main goals is Mm -hmm. helping students, especially those that are minoritized, to have somewhere where they feel a sense of belonging. So it really means a lot to me that you mentioned that. Thank you for that.
0: Thank you for listening to CEW's podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change. To learn more about this episode or the services and virtual programming offered by CEW+, please visit cew.umich.edu. Here at CEW+, we navigate circumstantial barriers by providing academic, financial, and professional support to help you reach your personal potential. Established to support women through higher education, we lift up women and all underserved communities at the University of Michigan and beyond. Through career and education counseling, funding, workshops, events, and a diverse welcoming community, we exist to empower. We are CEW Plus, and we are here to help you reach your potential. The University of Michigan resides on the traditional territories of the three Fires peoples, the Ojibwa, Odawa, and Potawatomi.